Good morning, everyone. Welcome on this episode of Fired Up Radio. I am your host, Anthony Hanson. It is Monday, and on this Monday, we're continuing through our journey of James, of the book of James. Right now, we're on chapter 2, all right? And we're going to be reading a few verses out of James chapter 2, starting in verse 14 today. I am so excited for you guys to be with me this morning, or today, whenever you're listening to this. I'm just happy that you're with me right now. Alright, as I'm on my way to take care of a couple of things, I just figured I'd spend some time with you guys and go through this, continue this little study. And if you don't know, every Wednesday is Warring Wednesday, that segment, and then you have segment on Friday, which is going to be his third episode, this third installment of Final Thoughts Fridays. Alright, so I encourage you to tune into those days on Wednesday and Friday. Whenever you can, if you miss any previous episodes or teachings or studies, if you will, you can always go back to previous episodes. You can find me up on Facebook. Just search up Fired Up Radio. Same logo that's used for this podcast is the profile picture of the Facebook page. You can like, subscribe, share, all that good stuff. And I am working on getting other uh, um, podcast apps to take it. I am diligently working on that. Hopefully everything gets up and running by the end of this episode. With that being said, let's go ahead and start praying and then we'll dive right into this thing. All right. Lord, we thank you this morning because you are faithful and true in all that you say and all that you do. For you are righteous in all your ways and just in all your ways. Lord, we thank you and we love you. We praise you this morning because whatever is impossible for man is possible for you. Father, we thank you because you provide a way where there seems to be no way. Lord, we give you all the honor and glory and praise. And as we read your word, Holy Spirit, we ask of you to accompany us today as we continue our journey through the book of James chapter 2. We call upon you, Jesus, the good teacher. To teach us the things necessary that are within this, within this compound of scripture. We ask that you go ahead and show us the heart of the Father and the will of the Father. That we may not grieve the, grieve, your, grieve the spirit of the Father any longer, but continue to live a life that is not of just faith, but faith in action. Faith with purpose. Knowing that you've placed a purpose and a destiny on the inside of us. But we continue to grow strong and remain sure that Jesus is the anchor of our hope. We love you, Lord, and we give you all the honor, glory, and praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. So again, as I mentioned in the introduction, going through the niceties, we're in James chapter 2, verse 14 on down. We're going to be going all the way to verse 17 today, which is probably the longest portion of scripture that I've covered thus far within within this study. Let, let me just say this, that when it comes to studying scripture and teaching scripture, I get fired up. Hence, one of the reasons why I named this podcast Fired Up Radio. But, Allow me to say that I could go verse by verse. 
I really can't. Couple verses at a time. Really can't. Because one thing that I've learned is when you slow it down and you practice of being still in God's word, something does eventually pop up. Whenever you take the time to read God's word, he never fails to show up. Never does. Which is why it's taken me as long as it has to continue through the book of James. Because you're like, dude, it's only five chapters. Why is it taking us so long to go through it? Trust me, I know five known pastors. I know quite a few of them that go through books of the Bible. And they go line by line, precept by precept. And subject line by subject line. Those are pretty intense. And pastor that I know that gone through the whole book of Romans and it took him close to 40 weeks to do it. You want to talk about intent? That's intent. But nonetheless, let's go ahead and read verse 14 through 17. Reads like this in James chapter 2 verses 14 through 17. I'm reading out of the CSB version, the Christian Standard Bible. Whatever version you have is more than acceptable. I encourage you. To have multiple versions. Because sometimes it's, it's read a little differently. Whether it be punctuation or verbiage that's used. Nonetheless, the umbrella understanding is the same. It's just that sometimes it gives you a little bit of a clearer understanding for yourself. On what's being said. Nonetheless. Now put the delays. Let's read. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but does not have works? Can such faith save him? If a brother or sister without clothes and lacks daily food, and one says to them, go in peace, stay warm, and be well fed, but you don't give them what, what the body needs, what good is it? In the same way, in the same way faith, if it does not have works, is dead by itself. Now, I just want to cover the first verse right here because this is where James sets us up in understanding that faith without works essentially is dead. This is where James sets us up for the remainder of this chapter that faith and works coincide. That because of your faith, you should be acting out in a certain manner. You should be taking care of certain things in a certain manner. That's what James is telling us. How do we know that? Because he starts off in the second, the second, in the pretty much after the second comma. If someone claims to have faith but does not have works, can such faith save him? Okay, right there alone should trigger you. That right there alone ought to put you in a box of, in a moment of self-reflection. Why? Because. How do you know if you have faith if yet you don't act on it? Simple enough question, right? This is what I love about, about scripture. This is what I love about the Bible. That's a lot of times it's the simple questions that end up be, having the most perplexed answers. It's the most simple questions that provoke you to really think and act on what on what 
on what's being spoken to you. Would you agree? I mean, I think so. Because right now, as I'm speaking to you, even though I've thought about this the whole week, like, dang, has my faith really exhibited through my works? How I manage myself in not just public appearance, but in private appearance with my family, with my wife and my children, does my faith show? But then we also have to understand what faith is. Faith is the evidence of things hoped for, of things not yet seen. Essentially, it's us trusting that God will go ahead and do what he says he's going to do. And just leaving it alone. We don't have to force anything. Yet when we start forcing the situation, either the blessing becomes a disaster, let's be honest, it just crumbles at our hands. Or, we practice in being still and just wait on God to do what He says He's going to do. This is where we know that we can trust Him. When we learn to be still, know that He's God, <coughs> and know that He's got everything handled and situated. It's simple. Yet, it's so perplexed. Am I right? Let's read on. If a brother or sister is without clothes and lacks daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, stay warm, and be well fed, but you don't give them what the body needs, what good is it? Let's camp out there for a moment. Okay. Because a lot of us say that we got faith. A lot of us say that we'll pray for our brothers and our sisters in Christ, whoever needs it. Yet the question is, do you? Do I? You see, I got a couple of buddies of mine at church. And Lord forgive me, because I didn't pray for them right then and there. Best believe, at the end of this recording, I'm going to reach out to them, making sure that everything is okay, and I'm going to send them a prayer. Let them know that I'm praying for them and that I'm thinking about that. Thinking about them. And that they got someone in their corner. I got a friend of mine who's having relationship issues with his girlfriend. Because he was telling me that every single time him and his girlfriend tried to get married. All of a sudden they hit a wall. They hit resistance. It just, it baffles them. Because they just don't know why all this is happening. And I had to explain to them about God's order and structure for the family and for marriage. And, and how Satan hates that. And how he just, Satan wants to try to circumvent that. Like, that's what, that's what, the, that's what tries to happen. So I'm first and foremost praying for that family as a whole because they have a couple of kids. No one wants to see mommy and daddy split up. It's the hardest thing in the world, especially for a kid. 
Because they got a couple kids that are within the age of 11, 12. So for an 11, 12-year-old to see all this, it's never pretty. Never pretty. It's hard. It really is. Got another buddy of mine that's got has got issues at home with certain with a certain relationship, and they just want her to get out because she's been nothing but toxic to the family. Because she's actually a witch. And he tries to do what he can and stay away from it. And yet, I got a couple ideas as to as to what he can do. I got another buddy of mine. He's a logician. In other words, all he does is think in logic, calculated risks and responses. Guess what I'm guess what I'm gonna do today? Reach out to him, ask him how he's doing, let him know what I see and ask him if it's true. And if it is, cool. Guess what? I'm gonna pray for him. If it's not, be like, alright. That's fine. But if there is there anything I can pray for you about? Could I wanna stand with you on something? Could I believe that there's an importance for you in being at church? At our church. And I just want to love on you. And just. Pray for you. Let you know I'm here. I'm not just some guy that you see in passing. Because my issue is that. I'll go ahead and pray for anyone and everyone in the world. Yet develop no relationship. James is coming at it in the same direction. What good is it that you see somebody in need. You got the means to meet that need. Yet you don't do it. See, that's faith without action. Because if you believe that God is going to provide something for that person, and yet you don't think that he can use you, then you've missed the mark. James is pointing out that if you you got what they need, yet you don't provide that for them, Because God has already given you the provision to do so. Guess what? You have failed to not just meet the need. But you have failed to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Because the moment you can meet a need. The moment that you can go ahead and and pray for someone right then and there. Guess what? The moment you do it. You're acting out on faith. Believing that God can use your prayer to go ahead and move those mountains that they're finding it difficult to move. That God could go ahead and listen and move on your prayers for the breakthrough of of that friend or that family member who's going through some stuff that they don't want to open up about. See, God is able to use you for any and everything necessary for that other person, or he's giving you the name of somebody, a connection whom you can draw them to, let them know, hey, I got this buddy of mine, whom I got this girlfriend of mine who can help you with this. Let me hook you up with them. 
Let me reach out to them and see what they can do. I'm not promising anything, but I'm praying that he, that they're able to come through for you. And while we're waiting, mind if I pray for you? See, what bugs me right now as, as we're going through this is that I know that there's a bunch of us, us because I fell at it too, we fail to pray for people when they ask for prayer. A lot of times we do it in our prayer, in our prayer closet, which is fine and Danny to carry it on after then. Okay. It's fine and Danny to do it then. But. Don't you think that they want to be prayed for right then and there? Because when you move with urgency, it shows that person that you met, that they matter and that you care about them and that you're standing with them. Do it in silence? Great. Cool. But that's not what they're looking for. They're looking for someone to stand with them now. Not the next day or when you get home. That's not what they're looking for. They're looking for someone now. Now. Okay? That's what James was telling them. What good is it? If you tell them, go in peace, stay warm and be well fed. But you don't give them what the body needs. What good is it? What good is it? You're allowing them to starve and go naked. You're allowing them to wander without without believing that God can do something about it. You're letting them go about life believing that no one's in their corner. That they don't have a brother or sister who's fighting on their behalf. Do we not think that's an issue? We're supposed to be a community, a body of believers, fighting for one another, standing in the gap for our brothers and sisters who can't pray for themselves, who who are just at, at a loss for words, who can't bring themselves to the to the to the foot of the cross, who can't stand up for themselves. Even Moses had to be lifted up when he when the nation of when when the when when the nation of, of Israel was at war against their enemies. You know who lifted them up? Joshua and Aaron. They had to keep his hands up because his hands got too tired to be to stay up. Because every single time Moses had his hands up, the nation of Israel was winning against was winning that battle against their enemies. But whenever Moses' hands began to fall, the nation of Israel began to lose. So what happened? Aaron and Joshua stand at the sides of Moses and lifted up his hands because he needed help in his old age to keep his hands up so the nation of Israel can win the battle against their enemies. So I beg the question.
Who are you supposed to be standing next to, keeping their hands up during their times of battle? So then they can come out victorious. Because as far as I'm concerned, if we're on Team Jesus, we already got the victory. We do. We got the victory. But the question is, how are we going to get to that victory? If victory's already been granted to us, how are we going to operate from it? We operate from it when we got two or more gathered together in agreement. Jesus is already in the midst. That's what his word says. His word also says that he inhabits the praises of his people. See, you got to understand something. When you praise God, you're operating out of faith, believing that God has has already taken care of it. You're magnifying God despite the circumstance, despite the situation. Because guess what that? Guess what that does? That releases a spirit of confusion over the camp of the enemy. Guess what ends up happening? The enemy takes care of itself. Through the spirit of confusion. You understand how that works? See, if two or more come together in agreement... Jesus is in the midst. In other words, when Jesus shows up, something's going to happen. I got a couple pastor friends of mine that are standing in the gap and standing with my wife and I. Because my wife and I have been homeless for four years. My wife and I are on the brink of having a car break down because it's transmission and, and, and an engine can't hold oil. Plus, the engine's on his last leg. The truck's about to go off. Question is, when? But now I got some friends of mine, some pastor friends of mine, that are about to fast with my wife and I to fight against the camp of the enemy, push back the kingdom of darkness, and to fight for the op- for the gates of heaven for the windows of heaven to open up for God's blessing to finally come down because it does not show. My wife and I have been faithful tithers and givers to the kingdom of God for this whole year. And yet for whatever reason, God's blessing has not shown up. And yet my wife and I know why. So guess what? We're connecting with people with like that that are like-minded and have the same faith, if not greater faith than ours, to help us push back the gates of hell, to push back the kingdom of darkness for God's blessings to finally come down. Because it does not make sense as to why our blessing has not come through yet. So now we're about to act in faith, connecting with somebody else. Guess what that's going to do? That's going to push back the kingdom of darkness even more. And it's going to cause those blessings to come down. The way that they were supposed to a long time ago. And we don't stop until there's a release. 
See, that's a difference between someone who says, yeah, I'll pray for you, versus someone who says, hey, what's what you need? What, 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 how's everything? What can I pray for you on? All right, cool. This is a schedule that I'm going to do for you guys. You want to go ahead and jump in and see, and, and, and let's just get this thing moving. Let's, let's fight back because obviously there's something that's holding back your blessing. There's something that's holding back the promise that God has already set, that I already gave you. There's something that's holding back the prophetic gifting that God has placed on the inside of you. So let's go ahead and fight this thing head on. I'm with you on this. Look, this is the schedule I'm about to follow. You're going to follow with me on this because, you know, in order for this to happen, we got to be in agreement on this, brother. I'm like, you know what? Yeah, that's right. We're going to do this. So guess what? For 21 days, my wife and I are fasting with just drinking water. We'll eat whatever we want. But because my line of work, I got to eat or else I'm going to pass out. I've already tried it once before. I almost passed out. But I'm just drinking water. No sugary beverages. No Coke. No energy drinks. None of that. No coffee. I'm done with coffee for 21 days. I'm going to be praying. I'm going to be reading God's word. No social media. With the exception of posting these episodes online. Outside of that, I ain't touching Facebook right now. I ain't touching Instagram. All I'm doing is feeding my spirit with God's word. As well as preachings and teachings of God's word. From men and women who know God's word in and out and who have already gone through various trials that can go ahead and equip me to fight against the very the very kingdom of darkness that's at hand that's robbing me and my wife from the blessings that God has already said that he would release unto us. So guess what? I'm clinging on to a word. I'm clinging on to a word. Believing that this is God's word, this is what he said he's going to do, and by God, it's going to happen. So I already placed an expectation on God's presence. I already placed an expectation on, of, of a move of God's hand. Now it's a matter of pushing back the kingdom of darkness in order for that to come through. Last verse, 17. In the same way, in the same way faith, if it does not have work, it is dead by itself. See, faith doesn't just operate like, yeah, I believe. To believe and have faith are two separate things. When you believe, it's just a matter of, of knowing that the possibility can happen. Faith is reaching into the future taking hold of it, and bringing it into the present. Remember, Hebrews 11.1, 1, right? Now faith is the evidence of things hoped for, of things not yet seen. In other words, it's taking stuff from the future and bringing it into the present. That's what faith is. So when you start praying on it, when you start praising God for it, when you start interconnecting yourself with, with, with other men and women, other believers who have faith as strong as yours, if not greater faith, guess what? Now it's faith in action. 
Now it's a matter of how are you going to operate as you're still waiting. Are you going to operate as if you already have it? Are you going to operate doubting if it's ever going to come and wondering if God's ever going to do what he said he's going to do? But I'm sorry. As far as I'm concerned, heaven and earth may pass away, but his word, that being God's word, the Bible, will forever remain. I'm sorry, as far as I'm concerned, God's faithful and true in all that he says and all that he does. As far as I'm concerned, his word says that his word does not return back void, but goes forth fulfilled what's been sent out to do. I'm sorry, but as far as I'm concerned, God is not a man who can lie. He watches his word and ensures that it goes forth speedily and mightily, ensuring that it completes the very word in which it's, set, in which it's been sent out to do. I'm sorry, as far as I'm concerned, the word of God says that he who has begun a good work is faithful and just to complete it. You see where I'm coming at. When there's something that I know God has placed on the inside of me and placed on the inside of you, I'm going to find a word to go ahead and connect it with and stand on that word and fight with that word. Believing that God is going to show up in the manner which he said he's going to show up. And that the very things in which he promised us is the very thing that will begin to manifest itself at this very moment, at this very hour, at this very time and place. Because I said that, because I believe when he said he's going to do it, he's going to do it. I believe in it. I stand for it. I'm going to fight for it. I'm going to show my teeth, and I'm going to go ahead and take my stand, and I'm going to go ahead and duke it out with the Spirit. I'm going to duke it out with every demonic spirit that tries to hold back, not just my blessings, not just the blessing of my friends, but the but your blessings as well. I'm in your corner fighting for you. God just don't have me sitting here just speaking a few nice words, going poking the bear, and then calling it a day. No. That's why I got Warren Wednesday. That's why there's that segment. To let you know that there's someone in your corner fighting for you. Because how can I have faith of my own and yet not share my faith with you? Doesn't make sense. Doesn't. My faith is not my own. Just like how my life is not my own. Salvation is not my own. But yet, what does the Bible tell us in John 3, 17? For he did not come to condemn the world, but to save the world. So guess what? When I minister the gospel of Jesus Christ, when I act on it, that I am a, saved, that I am a man who's been saved by Christ, guess what? I become a witness to those who don't believe. And when they see that, when they see that I'm operating on a whole different level, on a whole different scale, guess what happens? It draws people in. It draws people in. So I encourage you today, in closing, if you know that there's a need and you're able to meet it, Meet that need, even if it costs you something. Meet that need. 
Seriously. If you know someone that is in need of prayer and needs a brother or sister to fight with them on a particular issue, on a particular problem or circumstance or situation, pray with them right then and there. It don't matter if it's over the phone. It don't matter if it's over text message. It doesn't matter if it's in person. Right then and there. Right where you're at. Pray for them. Pray with them. Fight with them. Let them know. Hey, I got your back. Keep me updated on this. Because I want to make sure God moves on your behalf. Alright? I challenge you. Put your faith into action. And don't do it to get big-headed or a puffed-out chest. No, that's where you miss the mark. Because your faith is meant to help serve people, not to go ahead and puff you up. Remember that. Your faith in action is meant to serve people, not to puff you up. It's not meant there to feed your ego. That's not the purpose. The purpose is to be the hands and feet. It's meant to serve. It's meant to keep one another accountable and to lift each other up. That's what your faith is meant to do. With that being said, guys, I want to thank you for joining me today on this episode of Fired Up Radio. I encourage you again on Facebook. You can find all the episodes right there on Facebook. You can go ahead and, and look it up on Anchor. It's on Spotify, at least those two platforms. You can go ahead and, and, and look it up. Fire up radio. Excuse me. My apologies. I want to say I love you guys. I appreciate, I appreciate you guys showing up on this episode. And tune in for, for Warring Wednesday segment and for Final Thoughts Friday segment. Alright? Keep an eye out for those episodes to come out. Love you guys. Go ahead and pray us out. And and I'll see you guys on Wednesday. Lord, we thank you for this time that we're able to come together. And thank you for challenging us for our faith. To put our faith into action. Knowing that it's meant to use to serve people. Not for pride to be puffed up. Lord, right now we come against the spirit of pride. We come against the spirit every self-seeking spirit. We bind it in the name of Jesus. We say unto you, you have no voice. You have no room. You have no authority. You have no purpose in our lives. We bind you in the name of Jesus. We say unto you, the Lord rebuke you. And we command you to leave now. Lord, give us a humble heart and a submissive spirit. Create in us a clean heart and a right spirit within us. That may we continue to reflect your glory and your power. And we continue to be your hands and feet. Knowing that we do this not by our might, nor by our power, but by your spirit. We love you, Lord. We give you all the honor, glory, and praise. In your name we pray. Amen and amen. With that being said, guys, I love you much. I'll see you guys for Warring Wednesday. Stay tuned for that. Love you much. Have a blessed day.